Welcome to Christ Church. The following is a homily from our Sunday morning gathering in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Enjoy. I want to start the sermon this morning by telling you two godly play stories. If I was telling the stories to the children, I would be using manipulatives, but you will just have to use your imagination. Although I do happen to have this box. It's a gold box. I wonder what this might be. It might be a parable. It's gold in color and parables are precious, so maybe it's a parable. It kind of looks old and parables are very old. If we put a ribbon around it, it would look like a present. Parables are presents that were given to us a long time ago. We don't have to buy them. We don't have to steal them. They're ours. But this box has a lid on it. Sometimes parables have lids on them. Sometimes they're very hard to get into. Sometimes we have to try over and over again. But don't get discouraged. Keep trying and someday the parable will open to you. While lying down a large white circle and brown felt pieces to represent houses and putting a bed, money bag, and household furnishings in one house and several pearls in the other houses, the children and I wonder about all the things I'm laying out. When the wondering is finished and the children are ready, I begin the story. There was once someone who said amazing things and did wonderful things, and people followed him. As they followed him, they heard him talk about a kingdom. But it wasn't the kingdom that they lived in. It wasn't like any kingdom they had ever visited. It was not like any kingdom they'd even ever heard about. They couldn't help it. They had to ask him, what is a kingdom of heaven like? One time when they asked him, he said, The kingdom of heaven is like a person, a merchant, who buys and sells fine pearls, who goes in search of the great pearl. When he finds the great pearl, he goes and exchanges everything he has for the great pearl. Now I wonder if the merchant is happy with the great pearl. I wonder what the merchant is going to do now that he has nothing else. I wonder why the seller was willing to give up something so precious. I wonder if the seller is happy with all of his things. I wonder what could be so precious that a person would exchange everything for it. I wonder if you have ever come close to the great pearl. My second story is the story of Mother Teresa of Calcutta. We remember her during the green and growing time of the church year after Pentecost. I wonder why we remember Mother Teresa. A little girl named Agnes was born in Macedonia to Albanian parents. While Agnes was a teenager, she became very close to God 
So in 1928, she left home to go to Ireland to the Loretta Convent in Dublin. When she joined the convent, she was named Teresa. The nuns in Dublin then sent her to India, where she became a Loretta nun in 1937. She lived mostly in Calcutta, where she taught at St. Mary's, a school for wealthy girls. One day, she found an old woman dying in the streets. Teresa was not very big, but she picked up the lady and took her to a hospital. They would not let her in, so Teresa of Calcutta began to help all the people she could who had no place to go. In 1948, she left the convent where she had been teaching. She started wearing a sari like the ladies of India instead of her black habit. Then she spent every day helping the poorest of the poor of Calcutta. She became a nurse to help more, especially the people who were dying alone on the streets. She even wiped the flies out of their eyes. In the 1950s, she gathered her many helpers into new religious order. They worked only with the poor as she did. Sister Teresa became known as Mother Teresa because she was like a mother to all of her helpers. This new group was called the Missionaries of Charity. Charity is a kind of love that loves even if no one loves back. She helped the sick and dying, but also worked for peace. She did so much work for peace that she won the Nobel Peace Prize. She gave the prize money and the food for the banquet to the poor. When she had a heart attack in Rome, she went home to Calcutta. That was where she died. Thousands of people came from all over the world to her funeral. We remember Teresa because she cared for the poor and sick for God and because she gave up everything she had to follow Jesus. Whether we literally give up everything to follow Jesus or parabolically follow Jesus with our whole heart in our daily lives, we don't get there overnight. It took Mother Teresa many years to find what God was truly calling her to. It is a process that might take us our whole lives. How do we get there? Our lessons this morning give us a clue. Jeremiah is a prophet, and God has instructed him to tell the Israelites to straighten up or things are going to get bad. The people aren't listening. The ten northern tribes of Israel have already been destroyed. Artifacts have been stolen from the temple in Jerusalem, and the two tribes that are left are being threatened. But the people are still not listening. Some even wanted to kill him for his prophecy. The Hebrews are living under the law and not doing a very good job of it. They are worshiping idols and not following the commandments set forth by Moses who received them from the one true God. Jeremiah is urging the Hebrews to repent, but they just keep on sinning. At the end of today's reading, Jeremiah does offer some hope and points to the coming of the Messiah. He says, as for the prophet who prophesies peace, when the word of that prophet comes true, then it will be known that the Lord has truly sent the prophet. In the reading from Romans, Paul is telling us that we no longer live under the law. 
We live under grace. Jesus, the perfect prophet, has come. He has lived among us. He was put to death, and he rose again on the third day. Jesus died for our sins, and therefore we no longer are under the law as the Hebrews from the time of Jeremiah were. We are unconditionally loved and forgiven over and over again as many times as we sin. And there is absolutely nothing we have to do to earn that love. It is given to us by grace. But Paul says, since we live under grace, does that mean we should go on sinning? The answer, of course, is no. But we are humans, and humans sin over and over again. On Tuesday, we Americans celebrate Independence Day. We celebrate our freedom. But do you want to know something? Do you want to know the truth? We are not free. As Paul says in our Romans reading today, you are slaves to the one you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or obedience, which leads to righteousness. As Christians, we are completely dependent on God. By ourselves, we are powerless to stop the things that hurt ourselves and others. But with God's grace, we can. Once we celebrate our dependence on God's grace, we can move on to perfect freedom, which is service to God. In today's gospel, Jesus says, Whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, truly I tell you, none of these will lose the reward. The disciple Jesus is referring to is himself. He is the perfect disciple, the prophet who will bring peace. The little ones Jesus is referring to are anyone who society sees as unimportant or even invisible. This is what Mother Teresa did. This is what we are called to do. Christ Church does a great job of serving the little ones that the world often ignores. The hungry through Thursday night lights, homeless women and children through Family Promise, children who have a parent in prison through New Hope. And there are individuals in this church who serve others that we may never even know about. But there aren't just little ones out there somewhere. We have <clears throat> little ones here in this congregation whom we can serve. We have one woman who loves to knit baby blankets. She gives them to Christ Church to give to the new born babies in our congregation. There's another person in our congregation who has a gift of prayer. When I need serious prayer, she's the first one I contact. I was in the hospital years ago when I had pancreatitis. I was a deacon by then and had worked in the diocese office, so I was pretty well known throughout the state. I had many clergy visit me in the hospital and although I appreciated their visits, the most meaningful to me were those lay people 
who came to visit me because it was their ministry. They had been called by God to visit those who were sick and in the hospital. It brought them great joy to exercise their ministry, and for me, I needed all the powerful prayers I could get. Frederick Wigner, a great theologian, once said, Your vocation in life is where your greatest joy meets the world's greatest need. Maybe I wasn't the greatest need, but it sure felt like it at the time. What is your greatest joy? Where do you see the greatest need? Perhaps it's in raising your children or grandchildren. Perhaps it's in ordained ministry. Perhaps it's to the ends of the earth. Christ Church's mission statement says it all. Follow Jesus, love people, change the world. We don't do this to earn God's grace. We do it because we already have it. It is out of gratitude and love that we serve God, and it brings us perfect freedom. One more thing I want to say. Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. But you know what? Sometimes it's easier to give than to receive. I was used to ministering to others. When I was on the receiving end, it was difficult. I could have said no to visits and prayers because, well, surely you have something better to do with your time than come see me. I could have said no to the food that was offered after I got out of the hospital because, oh, you don't need to bother. I know how busy you are. But when we say no, when others offer their God-given gifts, we are not allowing them to experience God's perfect freedom. Today at 11 o'clock, Tracy McKee is being baptized. She is accepting God's grace through baptism. Tracy is a brand new Christian, beginning her lifelong journey towards God's perfect freedom. We will be asked a question during that baptism. Will you who witness these vows do all in your power to support this person in her life in Christ? And we will answer loudly and with conviction. We will. Let us continue to receive God's grace in our lives and serve others so that they can see God's grace in theirs. <laughs>